welcome everybody to church today. I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. All right, we are in a series still called Gather. Um, last week, uh, I had four points. We got through one, okay? Um, this week, I'm hoping we'll get through the rest of them, but I'm not guaranteeing anything, okay? Um, and so we're just, we're just going to flow with the Holy Spirit today. And I'll recap it in a moment. A couple things I want to talk about um, before we get into uh, the Word today. Uh, the first thing uh, I, I want to update us on is we have a local church in Kherson, uh, Ukraine, uh, that we support. We also support two orphanages there uh, in Kherson. And uh, we were able to send them $10,000 uh, to support. And listen, what's awesome about that, and thank you so much for your generosity of giving to that, and you can continue to give to that if you want. That money goes directly to the church to preach the gospel, to um, feed, feed the community. Like people are actually living in that local church there in Hirsan. Um They're actually housing people in the basement and so, I mean, the work is doing, I mean, we're doing great things there, supporting them, and that, that 10 grand goes a really, really long way there. And so, again, thank you for your generosity. Uh, we are making an impact there. People are getting saved and baptized and fed, and, and the gospel is going out there. So, that's awesome. Uh, and then the second thing is, is Turkey. We have missionaries in Turkey that we support. Um, they just contacted us this week, sent us an email, um, you know, asking us, one, for prayer, that we would pray for them. Uh, some 50,000 people now have lost their life. There's, there's been a third earthquake that happened there in Turkey, um, in specifically Antioch, which is interesting because that's where the first church uh, actually started, and, and Antioch is completely destroyed. And, and so we're, they're just saying, hey, just pray for us. Um, we, we will be sending them money. Um, we're also uh, praying about also partnering with another uh, missionary organization called Operation Blessing. We're, we're just going to do more research on that. Uh, we like to give, we like to do our due diligence and give specifically where the money, we like to know where the money goes, okay? We're just not, you know, not that we're super non-trusting, but we're kind of super non-trusting with nonprofits, um, you know, <clears throat> and I'm not going to make a joke, Okay. Some of, some of you know, you know, Russell Wilson, what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go there, okay? Um, <laughs> that was mean. Um, but again, you know, not all nonprofits are created equal. and We just like to make sure that what we're investing in is exactly, we want the people to, to, to get the gospel and we, water and food. And so we just do our due diligence. But we do have a family that's been there uh, for several years. Um, a couple years ago, they did a Turkish dinner in the lobby. It was really cool. And so we're, we're connected with them. We trust them. And so they're just going to let us know kind of what they need and, and where to send funds. Um, and so you be on the lookout for that. Uh, we'll specifically be given to, to that turkey. The, <clears throat> um, devastation there. Um, what they've said is 1.1 million people have been affected. Okay? 50,000 people have lost their lives. But they're like, over a million people have been affected. Um, the homelessness is, is, is devastating. They're taking uh, shifts in tents there. And, and so um, I, I just truly believe that there's an opportunity uh, for us to do well there and, and preach the gospel in Jesus' 
uh, throughout that community. You know, a lot of times when people get desperate, they're open to the gospel. And so we, we just want to, you know, support, uh, you know, the missionaries that, that are just doing really well. So uh, I'll keep you updated uh, on that process. Okay, awesome. All right. Gather to release part 8B. So let me just, let me just, for those of you that missed last week or uh, maybe you didn't get it online, let me just recap in three minutes, okay? I promise you it took 40 minutes for me to get through one point last week. I'm going to do it in three minutes. The part one was releasing fear, right? Gather to release. I actually did not want to preach this last week, but the Lord woke me up at 6.30 in the morning and he spoke these three words, gather to release. And so obviously I was like, okay, God, your people need to hear this. And man, I heard so many great testimonies this last week about releasing fear and how it was at the, the, the epicenter of some of your issues and your problems. And when you released that fear, God began to move even this, this week. And so um, we, we're in a story, we're going to continue that story this week of Elijah and a widow. He's, uh, they're in a famine, okay? They're in a famine. And he's asking this widow to do something that seems impossible. He's asking her to put God first and give pretty much something out of her nothing. And so let's, let's recap the story here and then we'll jump into the second part. First Kings 17, 13 through 14. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. We talked about that last week. The first thing that he spoke to her before he's asking her to be obedient is like, you need to get the spirit of fear out of your life. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. So put God first. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Okay, so the question that we talked about last week was what fear is stopping you from releasing what needs to be released to the Lord? What, what, what fear in you, right? Because the first thing that he speaks to is what? Fear. Because he knew that fear was, was the one thing that could stop her from being obedient and experiencing everything that God had for her life, okay? All right, come on, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into the rest of the the story today in God's Word. Father, we thank You for this moment. Holy Spirit, we thank You for another day that we can serve You and worship You in a free country. I thank You for every person that's in this room today. It is not by mistake that they're here. You have a word for this moment and this time. Everybody that is watching online right now, you've got a word for us, God. Holy Spirit, I just pray that You would set our hearts and minds right. Lord, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine right now. God, God, we just pray for revival there, Lord. We just pray for a hunger right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray that peace would come, Lord, to, to Russia and Ukraine, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord. Father, we just pray for our brothers and sisters in Turkey, Lord, that are going through devastation, God. God, we just pray again for a spiritual awakening there, just a revival to take place and that people would be hungry for you. They would turn to you, Father God, in Jesus' name. We pray for great things that would happen. 
Lord, we thank you for the revival that, that, that is that's breaking out, the movements that are happening in Kentucky and now in Uganda and all over the world, that you are pouring out your spirit, Lord, that we can feel it, God. And we, God, we want more, God. We want to experience here, right here in Passionate Life Church, Lord. God, give us the hunger, Lord. God, we just, we just pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you'd open our hearts and minds. We bind and rebuke Satan right now away from our hearts and our minds. And whatever we went through this week, God, I just pray that it would wash away right now in this, in this moment. Father God, Lord, get me out of the way. None of me, all of you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. All right, 1 Kings 17, 15 through 16. Let's continue the story. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. Now, Elijah didn't go with her. She went home and was obedient. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So because she released her fear, because she stepped in obedience to what God was calling to, she experienced a supernatural miracle. Okay? I summed that up pretty good, right? Three minutes. It took me 40 minutes last week. Okay. All right. Point number two today. Releasing control. Releasing control. When we don't release control, it can stop us from experiencing healing in our life or the life of someone else. Releasing control. Now, some of you, you just, you just got nervous, like, because some of you are type A personalities, and you're just like, I, I like control. I, I like to control things. Okay, listen, you got to release it, okay? And, and I'm going to show you here in, in this morning that there are things that you need to release control of. You, you can't control other people's issues and problems, okay? And, and God isn't asking you to con- try to control other people's issues and problems. And it's when we release, we, we release things to the Lord that can actually bring healing, not only to our life, but someone else's life. And, and when we talk about relationships, there are some of you here today that you have not released control over hurt and pain from a past relationship, whether it was a boyfriend or girlfriend or, or divorce, or, and you get triggered by certain things. because That is a sign that you haven't released control over that thing in your heart or in your, your mind because God is trying to bring us into full healing. Let's continue with this story, 1 Kings 17. 17 through 18. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. Okay, look, look at this. Look how she responds. There's something else going on in this woman's heart and her mind, right? Look at how she responds to Elijah. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my Son, and so there's, you see, what happens many times in a difficult situation, what happens is it brings to surface what's hidden in our heart, right? Obviously, this woman was not fully healed from what had happened in her past. She had gone through a lot of difficult things, right? She had lost her husband, okay? And maybe she blamed God or the gods for for her husband because we know that, that she just wasn't, 
She just didn't believe in, in, in the, the God of Israel, but she believed in many different gods. And, and maybe she was still struggling with that. Maybe she was still struggling with the trauma of coming to her last meal. We, we saw that in the story where we're, she was literally going to go home to make her last meal for her and her son. I mean, you want to talk about trauma. You want to talk about depression. You want to talk about deep wounds and scars. And many times God will bring up and use difficult situations to bring things to the surface in our heart that he wants to deal with. But the only way that he can deal with those things if we're willing to release control of those things. Let's continue. Give me your son. Now, this woman doesn't have to give her son to Elijah. She said she could say, get out of my house. I'm done with you. I'm, I'm done with this whole thing. So here she has, is she going to release control or is she going to hold on to control in this moment? Give me your son, Elijah replied. He took him from her arms. So she allows Elijah to take her son, carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought tragedy even on this widow I'm staying with by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. Let's continue. The Lord heard Elijah's cry, and the boy's life returned to him, and he lived, and he lived. Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then, okay, now this is, this is where God wanted to get to in this woman, and this is where God wants to get with us. Then the woman said to Elijah, now, okay, now. So she wasn't before, okay, even though she was experiencing a miracle every single day with the oil and the flour. Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord from your mouth is the truth. And before we judge this woman, okay, before we judge her, like how can she act like that way? You know, God's providing for her supernaturally. How many times do we forget the miracles that God does in our daily life to the point where we're like, God, what, what are you doing to me? You're trying to make my life worse. Or, 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 and we, we soon, we quickly forget what God is doing every single day in our hearts and our minds. And we act just like this, this woman many times. Guys, we need to release control. We need to release control of our lives. We need to release control of our relationships. We need to release control of those, those feelings, okay, of doubt, okay, because our doubt is hiding something deeper in our hearts, right? Like, she doubted God, even though all of these miraculous things were happening in our life, and it wasn't until she, she released her son to the man of God where she was able to fully Step into the faith that God wanted her, needed her to have. And so here's my question that goes with that today. What area of control do you need to release to God? What area of control do you need to release to God? Do you need to, do you need to release a relationship? Do, do you need to release a, 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 a past 
situation? Do, do you need to release something that, that triggers you uh, into a, my next point, into just a rabbit hole or, or, or just, you, you, man, something happens in your life, whether it's a difficult situation or a conversation, and it's attached to something, okay? It's attached to something, and I want to encourage you today, as we go into response time today, maybe you need to write that person's name on a piece of paper, and it could be a parent, it could be a spouse, it could be uh, man, anything in your life that you need to release control of, okay? God's not trying, God's not asking you to try and control every aspect of your life. He wants you to release them to God and trust that God is going to take care of him or her and you, okay? Now, this next point today, okay, this next point today, I tried to soften it, okay? I tried to think of different ways to soften this thing, and the Lord's like, no, it is what it is, okay? Point number three today is releasing demonic mindset. Okay, guys, I tried to soften it, okay? But the Lord's like, it is what it is, okay? It's a demonic mindset yeah. over our lives, and, and we need to release those, those things. And, and demonic mindsets can come from anywhere, okay? The way you were raised, uh, it, it can come from a teacher, it can come from a professor, it, it, it can come from uh, someone you've dated, it, it, it can come from, from anywhere, and if we want to fully step into everything that God has in store for us, to gather everything that God has in store for us, we have to release demonic mindsets. Matthew 10, 38-39, Jesus says this, If you refuse to take up my cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. When I, when I think of this word, if you cling, it's not just clinging to your life, but it's clinging to these, these mindsets, these demonic mindsets that have attached themselves to you. Now, when I think of the word cling, I think of a dryer sheet, okay? That's why, okay? I just dryer sheet, okay? And, and if you've ever taken clothes out of the dryer and, and you have a, like a dryer sheet stuck to, to a piece of clothing and, and maybe you just put the clothing on right away, right? And, and then um, you don't notice that you have a dryer sheet on you and, and someone actually has to come up and say, uh, there you go, right? But there's, there's, there's these mindsets that cling to us like dryer sheets, whether we know they're knowing or many times it's unknowingly, we're walking around with this demonic mindset and it's just clinging to us. And the Lord says, man, if you, you cling to these mindsets, they, they will lead to death. They can literally lead to death or missing out on everything that God has for us to gather. And so, man, some of you today, you, you need to take these demonic mindsets and you need to nail it to the cross or you need to come and bring it to the altar, or you need to tell somebody about it, okay? And you need to have someone pray over you, and you need to release that demonic mindset today, and you need to have someone anoint you with oil, and some of you are like, that is weird. Listen, it works, okay? It is scriptural, and we've seen God move through the, the, the anointing of oil, okay? Like, 
Scripture says, anoint each other with oil and you shall be healed. Okay? And, and these mindsets, these demonic mindsets need to be uprooted and peeled out of our life. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. Jesus says this, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your what? Your mind. And I think we're going to do a series at some point specifically about the mind. There are, there are things that, that we don't even, some of us are, are, are living in mindset, demonic mindset that we don't even know. We just think that this is who we are. And let me give you an example. The Israelites, okay? They were in slavery for 400 years. God sets them free, brings them out of Egypt, right? And into the wilderness. They are physically free, but they are not mentally or spiritually free. Okay? There's a difference. God had freed them physically from, from slavery, but... They, were, they still had the slave mentality. And it's because, because they had that slave mentality, God literally, through Moses, got them to the promised land, to a place to gather the milk and honey, the, 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 the promised land, all the promises that God had for His people, that they would have their own land and they would prosper. Two years, He gets them to the brink, but they cannot step into it. They cannot gather it. Why? Because they had a demonic mindset. They had slave mentality. Only Caleb and Joshua were the only ones that were free. And they're like, no, no, no. We can take these people. No, we can take the land. Why? Because God has given it to us. But the rest of the people still were caught in this slave mentality, this this demonic mindset. And it literally stopped them from gathering everything that God had in store for their life. And this is why, and it's a tragic story, that whole generation, even Moses, dies in the wilderness never to step foot in the promises of God. And these mindsets can come from all different places. Listen, there are generational curses, generational mindsets that can get passed down. And, and, and here's the question today. What mindset are you clinging on to that needs to be given up, that needs to be released? And, and a, a lot of times they're, they're attached to habitual habits or, 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 or just how you process information, uh, how you react. Uh, and, and we'll get into it a little bit later today. But th- those are the red flags that something is wrong in you or something, there's a mindset that God doesn't want you to have. And, and guys, you, you need to take care of those. We, we need to take care. We need to stick those things to the cross. We need to lay them at the altar. We need to get prayer for those things because mindset, demonic mindsets can literally stop us from gathering everything that God has in store for our lives. Jesus tells us this parable in, in Matthew 25, and we've kind of touched on it, and, and he, he gives... Uh, five bags of silver to the first servant, two to the next, and one to, to the third. And the first two servants do really well. They, they double uh, what, what the master had given them. And he says, good and faithful servant, right? They get the same reward. 
Then the third guy, okay? He addresses the third guy, and he's the one that has, and we'll see it here in this passage, he has a demonic mindset that is keeping him buried, okay? It's literally, and this is the issue, if we have a demonic mindset in us and messing with us, it can keep us buried and not moving forward in the things of the Lord. Matthew 25, 24 through 30. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. So let's, let's stop there for a moment. Jesus is telling this story and he's talking about God. God is the master in this, this story. And look at, look at the image. Look at the mindset of how this third servant views God. He views God as harsh. Our view of God matters. It matters. If we think that, that, that God is, is, is in heaven, sitting on His throne, waiting for us to screw up with the lightning bolts, ready to curse us and, and, and cause you know, issues and problems in our life, we've got the wrong image of God. We've got the wrong mindset of God. And, and depending on, on, you know, sometimes you, you get raised in a church that has bad doctrine, okay? And they create this image of God of being harsh and nasty and cruel and angry. And he just, he just wants to, to strike you with lightning. And that is not who our father is at all. He is a loving, loving father who has grace and mercy for our lives. And then he loves us so much and he's got a purpose and a plan. He want, he's got blessings for us to gather. But if we have this image of God that he's a harsh God, that he's a God of punishment, what's going to happen is we're going to bury everything and we're not going to do anything for God. I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid. And this is why we spent a whole part of the series on this thing. I was afraid. So what does he do? Because of his fear, I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. So he buries what God has given him. He, he buries it and he does nothing with it. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. From time to time, online and, and, and people that I come encounter with, uh, they'll make this, this, this popular phrase, and I think Gandhi was the first one who said it, which was, I like your Christ, but I don't like his followers. Right? I, I like Jesus, but I don't like the church. You know, something in, in that area, right? And, and here's the thing about Jesus. You cannot separate Jesus from his church. And look, Church is going to be messy. Okay, there's, there's no perfect churches. And, and if there was, as soon as we walked in it, it would no longer be perfect. Okay, right? Like, there, there, there's no perfect churches. And yes, people are going to hurt each other. We're going to say things that we shouldn't say to one another. There, there's going to be lots of opportunities to get offended. But, but it, there's no excuse for you to bury what God has given you. Right? Oh, I like Jesus. Really? Pastor Andrew would never call you wicked and lazy. But apparently Jesus would. Okay, like, like this is how he's addressing this story with his disciples. He calls this guy wicked and lazy. Let's continue. 
He says, if you knew I harvest crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Like, even the 0.05% interest that you get from your savings. Like, like, Jesus is like, at least do something, right? Like, anything. Like, just do something. The worst thing that we could do is nothing. Because... We are so important to God. We're called his masterpiece, but we're so essential to the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? God's not sending angels to come and, and lead people to Christ. He, he, he threatened to have the rocks talk, but he's not going to do that, right? He's called us. We are the light of the world. We have a responsibility to tell people about Jesus. That's why we're so important to God. That's why Jesus is so ticked off. He's like, you literally did nothing. You watched Netflix, drank Mountain Dew, and ate Doritos for your life. Like, like you did nothing. And this is his, this is his response. He, he's like, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. Let's continue. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. So those who steward well, God's going to give more. But from those who do nothing, okay, nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That, that's, you still like Jesus, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you just miss these scriptures? Like, like Jesus is pretty hard, right? Like, he, he speaks clear and hard and, and, you know, to people who do nothing. And, and this, is, this is the struggle with the devil. He's trying to constantly place the spirit of fear in our life that we would be afraid to do anything for God, right? With insecurity and just, just name it. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the energy. What, I'm too old. I'm too young. Like, whatever excuse Satan is using in our lives today, we need to nail that demonic mindset to the curse. Well, I've made too many mistakes. No, you haven't, okay? The moment you say yes to Jesus, your past is washed clean. So stop using that demonic mindset to stop you. Well, I never went to seminary. Who cares, okay? Like, do so start doing something. Being kind to people at your workplace. Start praying for people in your workplace, in your family. Do something, right? Just don't do nothing, okay? Because there is a multiplication to the relief, right? We talked about this last week, living like this and not like this, right? Just living in a, in a place of protection. But when we live like this, man, there's a blessing. We gather a blessing, release a blessing. There's a multiplication to the release that God wants to release on our lives. And I'm telling you right now, it's beyond what you could possibly hope or dream. Because we serve a good God who loves us. We're his masterpiece. And he's got a great plan for our lives. We've got to release those demonic mindsets. All right, point number four. Gather the fruit, release the rotten. Gather the fruit, release the rotten. Galatians 5, 19 through 26, okay? And this is the rotten, 
okay? Now, before we, we read this, I just want you to let you know, as, as your pastor, I've nailed all of these things, okay? I lived in this whole list for multiple years of my life, okay? So I am not outside uh, of what you've experienced, okay? Some of you lived a much more holier life than me for the, your whole life, okay? I've been in, in, in the dumps of all of these things, okay? So because some of, I'm going to read some of you and you're like, yeah, that's me. Oh, yeah, I did that last week. And okay, right? You're, you're, I'm going to go down this list and you're going to identify with those things, okay? But listen, that is not your identity. Just because you identify those things, that is not who God has created you to be. He's created you to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we serve a God of mercy and grace, not a God of harshness and punishment. We serve a God who wants to use everything in us. And He's placed more in us than we can possibly imagine. But many times it's just releasing the rotten in our life and stop holding on to our past or past hurts and pains and, and identifying with this or that thing. And Jesus is like, no, you're a son. You're a daughter of the king. That's who you should identify, not with your past sin. The Apostle Paul is talking about two ways to live. Either you can follow your flesh or you can follow your spirit. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature... The results are very clear. Sexual immorality, and he's talking about everything that's immoral, okay? Everything, okay? Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery. When, when Scripture talks about sorcery, it talks about drug addiction. Like, like sorcery is attached, attached to drug addiction. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these, etc. You know, not limited to, right? Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And this is why, guys, and, and, and it's so important that we're releasing these things out of our life, okay? Truly releasing these things out of our life. If you identify with any of these things, you need to nail it to the cross. You need to bring it, you need to lay it down before the Lord. You need to get, sometimes you need to get prayer from these things because sometimes they go away like that. Me, I was a drug addict for seven years. I came to the Lord, I rededicated my life to Jesus, asked for forgiveness. He removed any desire to do drugs ever again in my life, okay? Probably because he knew I was too weak, right? Just delivered me from it. Just supernatural. And we have those stories in this church all of the time. Just God delivering people because that is the heart of God. Okay? He wants to deliver his people. He wants you to live free. He doesn't just want you to live free from physical slavery. He wants us to live completely free. Spiritual, mental, free. From the slavery that, that Satan wants to bring us in. Okay? So let's look at the, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions, come on, 
nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Listen, that's not a one-time thing most of the time, okay? Well, pastor, I've been struggling with this for years. Man, keep pressing forward. Keep nailing that passion to the cross. Keep laying it down at the altar. Keep going to get prayer. Okay, we, we talked several weeks ago, but there's bowls in heaven and, and they're, they're being filled with our prayers. And, and man, keep going forward because God's purpose for our life is to be free physically, spiritually, mentally, to live in the freedom of Christ Jesus, to gather the promises. Let's continue. And then we're going to go back to the fruit of the Holy Spirit, okay? Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Um, Christina, can you just go back to that last slide there? Yep. Okay. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. When we look at these fruits of the Holy Spirit, and if, if you're struggling to produce one of these fruits of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. The expectation is that we produce these fruit in our lives and that other people are able to experience the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But if we're, we're struggling in, in, in one or multiple areas, okay, like, like, like love, if you're struggling to receive love, there is something in you that needs to be released to God. Whether it's a past hurt from, from a broken marriage, whether it, 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 it's a past hurt from, from betrayal, from, from a friend or, or, or whatever it is that there's something in you and you struggle to give love or you struggle to receive love and, and it, there's something in you that needs to be released. There's something in you that needs to, to be released to, to God because that's the area that he wants to, to heal. And we can go right down the list. Are you struggling to produce joy? Are you struggling to uh, have joy in your life? Joy does not, it doesn't matter what you're going through today, okay? Joy is, is beyond our internal and external what is happening in our life today, okay? We can have joy. There's people in Ukraine right now that have joy. There's people in Turkey right now that have joy, but their external circumstances are horrible. But joy is supernatural. It, it, it's something that is produced from the Holy Spirit. And so if you're struggling with joy, there's something fractured that's in you that you need to give to God. Whether it's a mindset, whether it's a control issue, whatever it is, it's something that, that because these are, man, God says, no, no, no. We, we're, we're supposed to be producing these things. Are you struggling with, with peace today? Are you, are you just always anxious and you just, man, I, I can't find peace. There's something in you that, that is stopping you from experiencing the peace of God? Are you struggling with kindness? Being kind to people? Maybe you, you were raised in a, in a very strict home that there wasn't kindness, right? Guys, there's just things that we need to release. We, we, we need to let the Holy Spirit in those deep, dark spaces, and maybe you need to put it on the cross. Maybe you need to come to the altar and place it before the Lord, and, or maybe you need to go get prayer. Maybe you need to have someone anoint you with oil and, and be healed of those things. Are you struggling with goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Like, like when we have the Holy Spirit, 
God's saying you can produce these things at any moment, at any time. And if you're struggling to produce these things, there's something rotten, whether known or unknown, right? There's there's something that's clinging on us, and sometimes we can take it off ourselves. But there's other times where we need someone to say, hey, I don't know if you see this, but I see this. Like God showed me this in you, and I just want to pray that you would be be removed. This is thing would be removed from your life. Small church, like today isn't a day just to come and, and hear a hard sermon and be like, yeah, that was hard. No, no, no. Today is a day where you come and you get transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today is the day where you came in one way and you leave another way. Today's a day where you come bound and you leave set free. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, first things first, I've never said yes to Jesus, and I need to make that commitment right now in this moment. Or maybe you'd say, Pastor, I've drifted from the truth. I've drifted from God, and I need to make a recommitment to Christ this morning. What's awesome about Jesus is the moment you say yes, the moment all of his promises and purposes come flooding back into your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to make you do anything embarrassing. This is between you and God. Yep, just slip it up and then just put it down. This is between you and Jesus. This is your personal declaration of faith. Thank you, God. And I would just ask this morning that we would all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate. Let's rejoice. The angels are rejoicing in heaven.